Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Judge Lopez. Today is December 7th. I'm going to call the 2 o'clock case. It's the case of Alexander Jones, 22-33-553. Here on a status conference. Uh, the line is currently completely muted. Um, parties who wish to make an appearance and you think you may want to speak and you're online, I'm going to ask that you please hit five star. Um, I'm also going to ask uh, those who may be participating by video, happy that you're able to do so, uh, but just a friendly reminder uh, that I still consider virtual court as an extension of this court, so I would ask that everyone please uh, be mindful of your background. Um, let me just going to, for the folks in the courtroom, I'm just going to unmute a few lines here just to make it a little easier, and then we'll see where we go. There is a last four digits, uh, 326, 7326. I'm going to unmute your line. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to take appearances in the courtroom. All right. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Good afternoon. Christina Stevenson, Vicki Driver, and Allison Gerard um, with Crow and Dunleavy, and Shelby Jordan from Jordan and Ortiz for the debtor. Okay. Good afternoon. Good to see you. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Jason Ruff and Hawin for the U.S. Trustee's Office. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Avi Moshenberg and Nick Lawson for the Texas Plaintiffs. And we're going to have David Zensky today speaking on behalf of the Texas plaintiffs. Okay. Uh, Mr. Zensky, have I unmuted your line? And if not, I may ask you to hit five stars so I can unmute you. Um, I believe you have, Your Honor. Can you hear me? Just fine. Thank you. I'm going to keep your line Thank you. Uh, completely uh, unmuted. I'm not going to mute you, so just even now, just monitor. Um, I'll keep you. Absolutely, Your Honor. Thank you. Anyone else in the courtroom wish to make an appearance? Good afternoon, Your Honor. Elizabeth Freeman. I am the counsel for Melissa Hazelden, the sub-5 trustee for Free Speech Systems. We are here to observe and answer any questions, but we don't expect to be participating. Today. Okay. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Ms. Hazelden. I see you there as well. Okay. Uh, let me turn to... The virtual world. If anyone wishes to make an appearance, uh, why don't you hit five star? All righty. There is a, let's see, 9405. Remember? Good afternoon, Your Honor. Ray for Free Speech Systems is by as well and probably an observer today. Okay. Thank you. Good to see you, Mr. Patagony. Anyone else wish to make an appearance? Okay. Um, people certainly can reserve their rights to make an appearance, but why don't we proceed? Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor, and thank you for making the time for us to come in for this today. My pleasure. We filed the petition for Alexander Jones, or as he's better known, Alex Jones, on December 3rd. We filed last night an initial status conference report that's at docket 21, 
to give the court and all parties an interest a limited background and a preview of sort of where we are and where we intend to go. We hope it was helpful for your honor. It was, thank you. We intend to run this case quickly. We want to catch up with the free speech systems um, bankruptcy case, and I'll call that FSS if that's all right. Completely fine. Okay. Um, we want to engage in a coordinated effort to communicate and avoid any duplication of efforts. Um, as Your Honor may remember, the free speech or FSS case is 100% owned by Mr. Jones. Mm -hmm. And FSS produces and syndicates Mr. Jones' radio and video talk show. To this end, we filed a motion for joint administration to try to reduce unnecessary expenses and streamline issues where the two debtors are aligned. We have not sought substantive consolidation. The debtor also filed an emergency motion in the FSS case, which Your Honor may have seen already. I did see. Um, that is an emergency motion to modify certain lift-stay orders to prevent judgments from being entered at different times um, against FSS and Mr. Jones in the underlying litigation so that we don't have different appellate deadlines running, and also to avoid the automatic stay being violated as to Mr. Jones. We intend to file a motion for extension on the deadline to file schedules and statement of financial affairs so that the financial advisor can have an opportunity to get in there and analyze records. Uh, we are currently going back and forth with the United States Trustee's Office to uh, reach an agreed upon length of time on that. Okay. The debtor intends to also participate in mediation with FSS and the litigation plaintiffs in the hopes that an amicable re resolution may be reached. Okay. And mostly, Your Honor, we wanted to come today and let the court know that uh, Mr. Jones intends to proceed with this Chapter 11 case in the best interest of the estate and the creditors and fulfill his obligations in pursuit of a fair and reasonable compromise and settlement. Thank you. Thank you. Is Mr. Jones available online or? He is not uh, available online today, Your Honor. He earlier had a, a family commitment that he had to attend to. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. I'm, I'm always available if folks need to move hearings back or ask for an adjustment of time. I'm okay. So, what do we need to do today? What, what, is there any business we need to conduct? Uh, I, I sure, Your Honor, a, David Vince. Mr. Zensky, I just have a couple of questions before I open it up. Um, and this is just me just trying to catch up. Um, someone that can provide me just kind of a latest update as to where things stand in the Texas litigation and in the Connecticut litigation. Just 10,000 foot level. Uh, We're post uh, jury verdict, pre judgment, and being entered in both cases, Your Honor. Okay. And that's just, just flat procedural. We we have that's been saying since for. Tuesday, so yes, thank you. Okay, so post verdict, prejudgment. Um, is there any timing folks are thinking about? Or I, I'm, try, I'm trying to understand your lift stay motion. That's where right. I'm going. Uh, Your Honor, in the free speech case, the, originally there was a motion for relief from stay and an order entered that allowed that to go through judgment. Um, Your Honor, we think that the Alexander Jones case would prevent judgment being entered against him um, under the stay. So if a judgment's entered against FSS and Alex is not, then we'll have two different appellate deadlines. The other issue is that if a judgment's entered, it does start that appellate deadline. 
And what we'd really like to do is focus everyone's efforts on the mediation instead of moving full speed ahead in an appeal, which is just from Mr. Jones and FSS's perspective, necessarily reducing from any recovery that could be recovered by the plaintiffs. And so it's just a bit of a vicious circle. So we just feel like this pause button that we're getting in the stay is worth putting into the FSS case as well so that we can all be, number one, running on the same timeline, and number two, just not running the risk of everybody spending a lot of money. And if there is a resolution at mediation, it just would moot the appeals. And so we really feel like it's just a little, it's wasted time, money, and effort that really should be put towards the best efforts in a mediation at this time. Okay. Is there something that you're seeking in terms of a mediation order different than what I've already entered? No, Your Honor. We have, Mr. Jones has seen himself as being subject to and participating under that order. If we need to enter it in this case, we don't feel like we need to because we always felt that we were part of that order. Okay. And, okay. And in terms of timing on the emergency motion, when are you looking to come back for that and join admin, quite frankly? Certainly. I think a hearing next week would be great, Your Honor. We just wanted to make sure that, and I think if the plaintiff's counsel is, you know, noticed herein that, you know, hopefully we'll all work together to figure out what we're going to do with that motion for relief from stay before anybody takes any efforts to sever Mr. Jones in those actions and try to move forward with a judgment against FSS. Okay. Good luck. Your Honor, could we be heard before the hearing is scheduled on that issue, please? No, no. I'm going to hear from everyone. I'm just taking a look at my calendar. I wasn't going to pick a date on that. Thank you. Yeah. And quite frankly, let me just start in the courtroom. Is there anything else you wish to tell me? No, Your Honor. We did send out an email last night. It was just about 4.30 asking the plaintiffs if they agreed. I have heard that they do not agree to that relief. So just want to be candid with the court that... To the relief in the motion to lift stay? Yes. Okay. So I did want to be candid with the court that we do expect an objection there. And I do continue to hope that we can work through that and try to reach a resolution before the hearing. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Anyone else in... Anyone in the courtroom wish to be heard on anything? Yes, sir. I'll let Mr. Zensky speak from the bankruptcy perspective, Your Honor, but I am counsel of record in the tort actions by the Texas plaintiffs. So I just wanted to clarify a couple nuanced issues. The court in the Neil Heslin and Scarlett Lewis case that was tried over the summer had a hearing on November 22nd to enter the judgment. At the hearing, the court orally said that she will enter the judgment. Before she had a chance to sign the judgment, Your Honor, the bankruptcy was filed. Procedurally, that's what's happened there, Your Honor. Okay. And then to be clear, the Leonard Posner case with Veronique De La Rosa, that was supposed to be scheduled against Alex Jones for late March. That was, again, that was scheduled before the bankruptcy had been filed. And then for the estate of Fontaine, Your Honor, that was scheduled for October, Your Honor. So both of those right now. October 2023? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in the courtroom? Briefly, Your Honor, I understand from Your Honor's comments that we'll probably be setting a hearing on the joint administration motion as well. I just haven't heard from free speech as to what their perspective is. There's a CRO there, so I wouldn't. Yeah. 
I would need well, to hear from we, them we just, and anyone else, quite frankly. Yeah, we, we would just like the opportunity for at least parties and interests to be able to raise any concerns that we have. We, we, we have some concerns. There. The motion, everybody gets yep. to, yep. everybody's rights are preserved on it. I am. Um, yeah, I could, I'm, today no one has asked me for to rule on anything or to consider anything today. So we'll pick a date and we'll we'll go forward uh, for joint admin. And it's a little different because there's just separate council uh, and right. We have a CRO and an FSS and proceedings. Um, you know, separate confirmation services. Just need to be. To be yeah. Uh, so um, we just got to pick a date and, okay. and and go from there. But maybe we pick the same date. Maybe we pick the same date for, for joint admin if we're going to come next week on a, on a motion to lift stay, and obviously subject to what Mr. Zinsky may tell me not to do that. But at some point, we'll need to pick a date for, for, for those motions and any other yeah. motions that are coming. We're, we're, we have no opposition to being heard at the same time. So. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Zinsky, let me turn to you. Uh, thank you, Judge Lopez. Is it okay if I present to the court from the table? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Um, this is uh, my first appearance in these cases before Your Honor, but as you know, uh, my firm has been involved from the outset in representing both the Texas and Connecticut plaintiffs. We filed our notice of appearance in this case, and you've granted my pro-op, Vice, and other uh, lawyers making comments, so thank you for that. Uh, Mr. Brimage, as you know, was involved in the early stages and uh, continues to be as well. Um, my friend from Debtors Council has provided their initial perspective on the case, so with the court's permission, I'd like to provide a few minutes of how the Texas and Connecticut plaintiffs think about the, the Jones case um, and address certain of the issues that uh, were brought up in the initial presentation, if that's okay. Sure. Um, yeah, we're, we're just four days into the Alex Jones case, um, so all of this is preliminary, but we see four sort of gating issues or, or threshold issues about the Jones case. The success of this case or the failure of it in our perspective, in our view, is going to turn on how quickly and how close we get to full disclosure from this debtor about all relevant financial matters. And one might reasonably question whether that's possible. We're here because Mr. Jones' stock and trade is lies, not truth. And to give one example from the four years of state court litigation where you got a different answer depending on what day you asked the question. Um, judge Bellis, the Connecticut trial judge, um, observed that the corporate designee for Mr. Jones and FSS, who was supposed to be ready to testify on their financial resources, couldn't or wouldn't tell the parties whether the amount of earnings that the debtor, Mr. Jones and FSS, had made in 10 years was $100 million or a billion. That was the level of disclosure forthcoming in that case, and our clients remain as skeptical, um, if not more, that they will get any closer to the truth in this case. Without that, no Chapter 11 can succeed, Your Honor, in our view. Having brought the Chapter 11 and now subjected himself to the rules of bankruptcy, um, we will see. Um, we will hope uh, cautiously that the debtor understands his obligations of disclosure and go from there. And that disclosure is not just about the contours of the estate as it exists today. It includes after-acquired property, which I'll touch on again in a minute, and of course all pre-petition transactions and transfers that will be a keen focus of the Sandy Hook families as basically this debtor's only creditors. 
um, and a full and fair evaluation of that will be paramount. The second key that we see to the case, at least at this stage, is asset retention. Um, Mr. Jones is now a fiduciary for the Sandy Hook families with respect to maintaining, if not maximizing, his estate. And obviously, he may not dissipate current assets or after-acquired assets other than ordinary course living expenses. And I want, to, I want to touch on donations, Your Honor. It's our understanding that Mr. Jones's followers have made more than $10 million of donations to him in response to the verdicts, which, as you probably know, he publicly mocked as they were being read. Um, Mr. Zansky, let, let me tell you. I, Mr. Zansky, let me just tell you. I, I do a really good job of not following any of it. So anything that you're telling me, I'm learning for myself. And so I, I've really really, really uh, try to avoid watching anything that could have affecting uh, any of these cases. I just, I, I just thought it was my job to do so. So um, just, just clarifying the record on that. I, I appreciate that, Your Honor, and um, I, 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 I understand completely. Um, in any event, that, that is, I'll represent that is uh, what actually happened, and donations have flooded in. Those are property of the estate and, from our perspective, may not be dissipated or done. Anything, anything can be done with those donations that cannot be done with property of the estate generally. We'll um, caucus and confer with debtors' counsel, and if there's any disagreement on that, we will make sure that one or both parties uh, bring on a motion quickly to get that issue resolved. The third point that uh, we see as critical here, of course, is going to be asset recovery. And our view, not surprisingly, is that Mr. Jones has been insolvent at least since the commencement of these litigations four years ago. And finding out where all the money that he has earned has gone in those four years, whether by way of gift or secreting or whatever the case may be, is going to have to be examined, focused on, and litigated as appropriate to bring those assets back into the estate. It's needless to say, we don't view Mr. Jones as the proper player to conduct that investigation, prosecute those avoidance actions or preference actions, and have warranted settle them. If a committee is formed, it is our view that will certainly fall to the committee to conduct, and if a committee is not formed, to individual creditors, meaning the Sandy Hook families acting in a derivative capacity. Um, the last point I want to make uh, before moving on to the comments made prior is the nature of the claims here. And from our perspective, Your Honor, it's clear that the Sandy Hook family claims are non-dischargeable um, under the express text of 523A6. Uh, Mr. Jones's conduct was uh, caused willful and malicious injury to another entity. Those are the words of the discharge exemption. Um, Entity, of course, includes a person, um, and um, that is a, a, a main feature of this case, and we will bring on an adversary proceeding at the appropriate time to establish that. We don't think there's any doubt that the claims at issue here meet that standard, and as um, I am presumably informing the court uh, for the first time, a punitive damages were awarded in both cases, um, which turned on the sort of conduct and standard that the code exempts from discharge. Um, I know we're not here on FSS, but Mr. Battaglia is here and um, Ms. Freeman. 
Um, we'll be making the same application in FSS. Um, although FSS is a corporate debtor, the discharge provisions under Subchapter 5 are different than Chapter 11, and um, a Fourth Circuit case has, um, has established that. Um, so we're not here to argue it, but if we're giving previews of events to come, this is an, an important one from our perspective. Um, so now turning, let me turn to the issue of the modification motion um, for Mr. Jones's application to modify the contingent lift stay orders that were entered in FSS. So um, as counsel told you, we have notified uh, debtors counsel that we do plan to oppose the motion. Um, our clients are not as concerned as Mr. Jones about the possibility of, of two different timetables for appeal. Um, but more important, we think that the problem, if there is a problem, should be solved the other way, that the same contingent lift stay order should be entered in this bankruptcy case so that judgments can be entered forthwith in both cases and the two debtors can pursue their appeals now. Um, we were surprised by Mr. Jones's posture on this issue as reflected in the motion. Um, he believes and has said that he was treated unfairly by the state courts and that he has valid grounds to eliminate or uh, reduce these verdicts, but now wants to put that off. Um, we have no doubt the verdicts will be sustained in full and think there's no time like the present for the appellate process to begin. So we come at this from the opposite side as debtors counsel and um, absent any agreement on this, you will file a motion in the Jones case to enter the same sort of conditional lift stay order and that should be heard at the same time as the motion to modify the lift stay in FSS uh, with all respect and that's why I was asking to be heard before any sort of hearing was scheduled. Um, there's also no emergency of any kind that we can see that would have the FSS appeal deadlines get out in front of the Jones appeal deadlines. Um, there's still uh, post-trial motion practice left to be completed in Connecticut. And even if judgments were entered against FSS today, tomorrow, um, based on the fact the stay was lifted, the first appeal papers would not be due for weeks or months. The record would have to be compiled. So we're prepared to move quickly, but we don't think we need a hearing on this issue next week we would suggest sometime the week after, depending on, on the court schedule. Um, I heard counsel's argument that um, this is an issue of preserving resources, and I think she said a vicious circle, which we would agree with, and, and preserving better resources often has resonance with the court and parties. But here, those resources are going to our clients, if not spent on an appellate lawyer, and we just as soon have them spend it on the appellate lawyer subject to the court ruling on the lift stay and, and get that process started. Um, let me just look at my notes, Your Honor, if I may. Um, with respect to the issue of mediation, um, we have been engaged with Judge Isger. Um, uh, based on the FSS mediation order and uh, will continue to do so. Um, if uh, Mr. Jones files a mediation order in this case, of course, we'll provide any comments and respond. And either way, we certainly will continue with Judge Isger in good faith. We will evaluate any proposals that are made. Um, our clients remain 
very skeptical um, for the reasons principally I discussed earlier about the difficulty in getting full disclosure um, and the need for full disclosure is equally if not more paramount to any potential mediated solution as it is to contested plan proceedings. Um, that's what I have, Your Honor, unless you have any questions for me. And I would invite uh, my uh, co-counsel, Ryan Chappell, who is appearing today uh, for the Connecticut plaintiffs to add anything that I may have left out or Mr. Moshenberg, who's in the courtroom. Okay. Uh, Mr. Zinsky, I have no questions. I appreciate the, the statements and the kind of heads up on, on what may be coming. I found it very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay. Uh, let's see. Just unmuted a two eight one four number. That, that's me, Your Honor. Can you hear me? Okay. This is Ryan Chapel. Just fine. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Your Honor, um, I don't have anything of substance to add other than what Mr. Zinsky put forth, but I would like to note that um, Connecticut Trial Counsel Eleanor Sterling is on the line as well, and to the extent you have any. And, and we will be filing to the extent it hasn't been filed um, a, a motion to prohawk um, Ms. Sterling in as well. But to the extent you have any particular questions relating to the Connecticut litiga litigation uh, that weren't answered, Miss um, Sterling and myself, we're both here and, and, and happy to try to assist the court. No, I, if, unless there's something you want to kind of clarify in terms of where the stage is in the Connecticut litigation at the 10,000-foot level, I, I feel like I'm comfortable with, with where things are. Um, and I, I do not, Your Honor. I'm, okay. I'll certainly provide Ms. Sterling with the opportunity to. Okay. That's it. Alrighty. Um, Thank you. Mr. Robert, when do you all want to come back for a hearing? I'm just looking at my schedule. Um, You're on a Monday and Wednesday. Thursday and Friday are open for me. And what would we consider taking up it's, at those times? Join admin and yeah, um, stay. This the stay. And and actually, it would be Monday and Friday. Your Honor, co-counsel Shelby Jordan is actually in Corpus on um, Wednesday. So if we could look at Monday and Friday, that would be helpful. Yeah, I'm I'm in mediation all day on one, next Wednesday, so that's or Thursday. It's good. Um, when do you anticipate filing kind of what I would call the schedules extension motion? Uh, we're going to be filing that today, Your Honor. Uh, we just wanted to again. Um, Give, we wanted to give UST some time to um, look at it. So we've got their position. We're going to get it filed, and um, we'll continue to work with them to find a date that's agreeable to them. Okay. Um. Our, just, just so the court is aware, um, uh, our, we have engaged, Mr. Jones has engaged Blackbriar Advisors, Bob Schleiser, and Harold Kessler um, as financial advisors, and they've spent the last two days in meetings with folks, um, trying to get the information necessary, um, get the spigot open, so to speak, to get that financial information and get source documents. So um, a lot of the issues that Mr. Zielinski is concerned about related to Mr. Jones's veracity can absolutely be wiped off the table because Mr. Schleiser, as an independent fiduciary, um, won't uh, have any sort of reason to not cite us to source documents. Okay. 
So that's really the timing issue. Yeah, I just need to work I, with them. I got it. I think I, I think next Friday, um, the 16th would work for me. Uh, two of the motions are typically are heard on 24 hours notice, uh, joint admin and a scheduled extension motion. So give everyone an opportunity. Although I am going to be interested in hearing Mr. Battaglia. Um, I obviously free speeches thoughts on it on any, if any, on, 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 um, certainly on joint admin. Um, that's just as a matter of course, I, I think because there's an independent CRO there, I, 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 sh I need to, it's only right for me to, Hear his thoughts on on that as well, uh, and on the lift stay motion, um, I think as well we can take that up. Um, I would require any. No, I'm not going to require any deadline on terms of objection. I think you know you know what's coming, Mr. Driver. Uh, I I would just ask the parties, you know, realistically by you know the 15th by I don't know four o'clock. Would just in terms of a response. Um, would be helpful for me. Just give me an opportunity to prepare that evening and, and the next morning for it. Um, Mr. Zensky, if you file your motion, you know, you know, realistically, um, I'll, I'll let you word it how you want. But I, I, I get what you're asking. You're, you're essentially. Why don't we just, if, if what you're asking is essentially the opposite, then I. I've got to make the call one way or the other. So why don't you get something on file maybe by Monday um, that we can all look at. Um, and then we'll we'll take everything up on, on Friday. Looking at my calendar, would 1 o'clock work for everyone? And it can be... That works for our side, John. Okay. And we can appear virtually. Um, that's fine with me. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh what else do we need to take care of today? Um, Your Honor, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, we, um, one thing that we really want to do is we understand in, um, we've had uh, lots of communications with the Subchapter 5 trustee um, in the um, temperature in these cases um, staying lower. Um, so one of the things that our offices are trying to do is really just work with everybody as closely as we can. Um, I understand there's a lot of emotion in these cases. Um, and I, there's in no way, we're, we're simply trying to use the bankruptcy court for what it's used for. Um, I file lots of debtor cases, and um, we're, we're well aware of what debtors are supposed to do in these cases. This is different. Um, it's complicated. It um, can be heated. Um, but um, I'm here as an officer of the court um, to do the best that I can um, and to try to, to move forward in a way that... Um, gets exactly what this bankruptcy court needs, what the code requires, what the rules require, um, and to try to work towards a resolution. It disheartens me slightly that um, the plaintiffs are ready for Mr. Jones to spend money on appeals rather than to his client because it just concerns me about their desired resolution to this matter. Because if it's not money, it then begs the question if we, if we have the ability to settle and if everybody's ready to settle. So. I just, I'm, I'm new, so I get to be a little bit of the um, newbie in the room. Um, I have faith in the system. And um, I came here and I come here with our idea that we're going to work through this process. We're going to work with the sub-five trustee. 
We're going to work with FSS. Mr. Battaglia and I have talked about the joint administration motion and the stay motion, and he had indicated no opposition. So I just want your honor to know that we are coordinating with those folks as best as we can. We are drinking from a fire hose, but I also just wanted to let you know that I don't have, I do not want to go tit for tat with Mr. Zielinski on allegations. So I'm just leaving that for another day because I don't feel that this was an evidentiary presentation. And so I just, I just, what my, I just don't want anybody to take my silence as Mr. Jones's position in agreeing to those matters. Thank you, your honor. Everybody's just staking the ground. I got it. Your honor, it's Mr. Zielinski. Can I just add one comment? I hope, I hope, thank you. The council did not take anything that I said as directed at council. I think I was very clear that we had grave misgivings about the debtor. None of that is directed at council for the avoidance of any doubt. I got it. So, Mr. Ruffer, when do you, do you think you can get that pleading on by Friday, the schedules extension motion? Sure, but you think you can get that motion on by Friday, the schedule extension motion? Okay. And we'll just, we'll take it up at that time. Anything else we need to talk about today? Anything else? Mr. Jordan? Sure. Come on up. Just very briefly, this is a pure protocol issue. When I came in today, one of the U.S. Marshals asked me, is Mr. Jones going to be here? And that's because it is not uncommon for there to be news people and microphones and all these sort of things. And I said, no, he's not going to be here today. And, but that I would see if I could arrange a way to notify his office or their office, not this, not the particular marshal, in advance when he was going to be so they would know. I suspect they'll put stickers on the door saying no cameras, don't come in unless you're in for business, that sort of thing. And so I'm just, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know who to talk to or whether I should just simply notify your office for your office then to notify the marshals that Mr. Jones will be here. But just the limited amount of that kind of stuff is what I would like the court to know we want to address and certainly want you to have some understanding of how that process has happened in the past. Okay. So do you have any advice for me as to who I should contact? I really don't want to do it without your office knowing. If you just reach out to my case manager. Okay. Plenty of folks have come through that door. And I'm sure there's a process in place for it all. I'm sure my case manager knows what it is. I'll do that. Thank you. Anything else we need to talk about today? Okay. Your Honor, this is Ray Battaglia. May I be heard? Absolutely, Mr. Battaglia. Just a couple of things. I filed a motion requesting a hearing in connection with extending the plan deadlines, which you had previously extended to the 16th. So that deadline expires before my hearings are set on the 19th. If we could take that up on the 16th, I would appreciate it. And that way I don't have to worry about whether or not the expiration of the deadline before the entry of an order is an issue for me. That's a good point. What date did I put it expires on the 16th? Yes, sir. Maybe that's why I kept looking at the 16th. But yeah, why don't we take up that on the 16th? And I don't think you've already filed something. 
why don't we take that up? Um, it, it seems to me that it, it makes sense to provide a short extension of the time. I think I've got to rule on some things, and I don't, I'm probably going to have some questions about the mediation just in terms of, kind of what happens now with an additional party and, and where that goes. But I do think at some point, and we're getting close to the holidays, I, I think a short extension is appropriate. Let's just figure out what makes the most sense on that to kind of keep the cases at least parallel for now. Um, and we'll see where that goes. So, Mr. Battaglia, yeah, we'll, we'll hold a, a hearing and free speech on the extension of the time to um, to file a plan in that case. I think that makes sense. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. Um, Mr. Battaglia, can you get a notice out on that, just a kind of a short notice of hearing on that? Today, of course. Okay, of course. And, and we'll set it for set it for the same time. All That's right, fine, Judge. Anything else? I, I, um, I just just as a, go ahead, Mr. Zinsky. As a house, yes, thank you. As a housekeeping matter, since we'll be filing the motion that's seeking relief in the Jones case, I take it that we should file a notice of hearing for the same time, same day. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. I, at, at some point, I'd like to see Mr. Jones. I think it's important that he be here. And I understand that today may not have been the day, but I, it's customary for a Chapter 11. And I, I'm not saying you, I know you know this. I, judges like to ask questions and kind of make sure that everybody's on the same page and that. Um, you know, kind of hearing some of the thoughts, but it sounds like, if I understand, the goal of this case is to kind of try to dual track it at some point and catch up with where FSS is, although they're different in subchapter 5 and regular chapter 11, but the timing, and if there's going to be a, a proposed resolution to kind of have a global one, I understand it, and I got it. Some folks may agree with that, some folks may not, and I'll file motions and I'll consider them when they come. So today's not the day for me to consider anything. I, it was just a day, sounds like, for me to just kind of get a little smarter on, on the issues and um, we'll see where things go. So it sounds like I'll see everyone um, on the 16th. All righty. Thank you very much. Have a good day.